Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for what you have done for us in sending Jesus and in sending the Holy Spirit. We pray now that you would fill us with the Holy Spirit as we open your word, as we listen to you. So please lead us into the life that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to start out my sermon today with two illustrations. The first one is of a magic genie lamp. Now, I don't believe in magic genie lamps, but uh, if somebody were to give you a magic genie lamp and you rubbed it and the genie came out and gave you three wishes, what should be your first wish? There's only one right answer to this, right? More wishes! wishes. Well, not just more wishes, infinite wishes, right? If you had a genie that could grant you whatever wish you wanted, think how different your life would be. Now, think of what kind of problems we would probably get into with that as well, but just think how different your life would be if you could just at any time wish for anything and this genie would grant it to you. That's the first illustration. Second illustration, WWJD bracelets. Now, I I like these. These were, this is a good idea. I was talking to my daughter. She didn't even know what they stood for anymore. I guess it's kind of a little bit old, like 1990s or something. WWJD stands for, say it with me, What Would Jesus Do? And the idea is you put this bracelet around your wrist, and in whatever circumstance in life you're in, you can look at that bracelet and ask yourself the question, What would Jesus do if he were walking in my shoes? If he had to face the the decision that I have to face right now, we can ask ourselves the question, what would Jesus do? And and ideally, that we would then make the right decision. Well, what I would like to suggest to you today is that we have something far better than a magic genie lamp and something even better than a WWJD bracelet because at the end of the day, a WWJD bracelet is just a bracelet. It's something that we put around our wrist. And yes, it can help us remember things. And a a magic genie lamp, even, well, they're not real, of course, but even if they were real, the the end goal of a magic genie lamp would be just the life that, that we would want, the life that we would wish for ourselves today. Now, for those of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, we have something even better. We have the presence of God living in us to direct and empower us. We're doing a sermon series here entitled Life in the Spirit. And the question of this sermon series is, what does the Bible say about how our lives should be directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit? This is the third sermon in it. I think we're probably going to do about eight of these. In the past two weeks, Pastor Josh and I have tried to to show you from the Bible that when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we also receive the Holy Spirit. Now, we, we spent a, a lot of words telling you that the last two sermons, so I'm not going to rehash all of that today. If there's some of you out there that, that maybe would disagree with that statement, uh, you can feel free to talk with me about that. But we believe, like the Bible says, that when we receive Jesus, we also receive the Holy Spirit. Pastor Josh talked from John 3 last week that said that uh, we are born again. And when we are born again, we are washed with water, and we receive a new heart and a new spirit, like it says in Ezekiel 36. So it's this wonderful work that God does to to wash us and to change us. Two weeks ago I talked from 2 Thessalonians 2 about how the Holy Spirit is involved in the entire work from drawing us to Jesus, to our salvation, to uh, making us more holy, to eventually making us glorified with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is at work in all of that. Now, let me say this though. Just because we have the Holy Spirit living in us does not mean that at every moment in time we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So, yes, the Holy Spirit does live in us to direct and empower us, 
but we still, by faith, need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So today what I want to show you is that having been saved, we are now guided into new life in the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit has already done a powerful work for those of us who know Jesus. He's done the work to, save, to, to wash us. We're saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. But now we have this new life to live. And in that sense, my sermon today might be one of the most important sermons that I will ever give. Now, I crafted those words carefully, and it's not because I'm like, particularly on top of my game today. That's not it. But I truly believe that what I'm going to say to you today, my job today is simply to point you to the truth of the Holy Spirit, and if I can do that, I am convinced that the Holy Spirit can lead you into whatever God wants you to do. So what I am giving you today is better than a magic genie lamp, and I, I mean that sincerely. That if we could all live spirit-filled lives the way that God wants us to, then he can lead us however he wants to. He can strengthen us to do whatever he wants us to do. And that is amazingly powerful. And I, I believe that what we're going to talk about today can dramatically change our lives for the better. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at five short passages from the Gospel of John. The setting is, in John 13 through 17, Jesus was meeting with his disciples. It was the night before he was crucified. And he had some important things to tell them. He told them, for one, that he was going to be leaving them, but that they were still to follow God after he left. Now imagine that. I'm sure the disciples were thinking to themselves, hey, wait a second, Jesus. We've kind of liked having you here with us. Have you ever thought, man, I just wish Jesus would be right here with me so I could ask him a question? That's what they had for three years. And I'm sure they were thinking, please don't go. I think there's a, there's a song about that. Please don't go. I'm not going to sing that one. But uh, amazingly, Jesus said in John 16:7, it is for your good that I am going away. He also told them in 14.12 that anyone who had faith in him would do greater things than what he had been doing. Think about that. Anyone who had faith in him would do greater things than what Jesus had been doing. I think the reason he said that is because he knew that when he left, he would send the Holy Spirit. So for those of us who believe in Jesus, we have something amazing. We have the Holy Spirit living in us to direct us and empower us into the lives that God wants us to live. So like I said, we're going to take a look at five short passages from the Gospel of John today. They're in John 14 through 16. So that's a little smaller subsection than what I mentioned before, 13 through 17. My homework assignment for you is to read John 14 through 17. Because we're not going to look at every single verse in those chapters today. We're just going to take a look at the five short passages within them in which the Holy Spirit is mentioned. Um, I remember being at a, uh, at a retreat once when I was in college, and the teacher there was... Uh, was telling us that this is perhaps the most important section in the Bible in regard to the Holy Spirit. And I think I would agree. So, that would be an interesting discussion to have. There's other passages, of course, but I I really do think there's something about what we're going to look at today. So, five passages. The first one is John 14, verses 15 through 17, where Jesus said, If you love me, you will obey what I command. Let me just stop there real quick. How are we doing at that? Now, I look at that verse from Jesus, and I just think of all the times that I've fallen short, and I know, I know for sure that I need something better than my own power to do this, okay? So Jesus went on to say in verse 16, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. 
So Jesus said he would send another counselor, the spirit of truth. Now let's real quickly try to understand those titles there. Counselor, um, some of your translations might say comforter or helper or advocate. I actually like all of those translations. The, the Greek word, word behind this, uh, it's actually one compound word, means called alongside. In those days, 2,000 years ago, it could refer to somebody's lawyer. So you think about what a lawyer would do. You're charged with something in court, but your lawyer comes alongside of you to help you. Now, this, this term for the Holy Spirit is about far more than just courts and law, but, but the idea there behind that is a, is a good one, that, that the Holy Spirit is called alongside us to help us. He's our counselor. Just as Jesus was called Wonderful Counselor, remember that beautiful prophecy in Isaiah 9-6, Jesus is called Wonderful Counselor, so also the Holy Spirit is a counselor. And then also in verse 17 we see that the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. Now, it's interesting because just a few verses later, earlier in John 14, 6, Jesus called himself the truth, and we know that God is true. So also the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He only leads us into what is true and right. Okay, now I want to point out one really important phrase. I want to hang out on this one a little bit. It shows up in both verse 16 and 17. It's the phrase, with you. Now, please do not miss this one. This is just... this is. I'm going to use the word astonishing a lot today, I think, but this, this truly is astonishing. That Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would be with them. And later, in verse 23, Jesus also promised for those who love and obey him that both Jesus and the Father would take up residence in them. So within the span of a few verses here in John 14, verses 16 through 23, we see that all three members of the Trinity take up residence within those who believe, those who love, those who obey. God with us. I often say here at Cornerstone that I think that the blessing of God with us is the biggest blessing in the Bible. And let me say it this way. that Here's the blessing of God with us. Through the gospel, we can be forgiven of all of our sins. We can be cleansed. We can be invited into a new relationship with God where we can walk with him both now and forever. It is the presence of God with us. So in a very real and powerful way, that happens for us. For any of us who have received Jesus as Savior and Lord, we have received the Holy Spirit. And in some amazing way that is hard to grasp, God takes up residence in us. And, and think about the implications of that. That means that whatever we go through in life, we can go through with God. Now, a little caveat on that statement. I'm not suggesting that we can do whatever we want to do and assume that God will strengthen us for whatever we want to. That's not it. What I'm suggesting is that whatever God allows us to go through, we can go through it with him if by faith we seek to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit into whatever God has for us. And that is a powerful and comforting thing to know. That whatever comes your way, God is with us. We can follow his lead. And, and think about that. What can man do to us then? What can even Satan do to us then? Even if it feels like our whole world is crashing around us, we know that we can have the presence of God with us to strengthen us, to comfort us, to empower us for whatever he has for us. God is with us. God has not left us as orphans. He has given us his very presence. Do you see now why Jesus said that his followers could be glad that he was going away? 
the Holy Spirit lives in us to help us. And one thing, now going back to verse 15, that the Holy Spirit will help us to do is to obey Jesus. That very thing that we cannot do, we have proved that we cannot do on our own, now the Holy Spirit lives in us to help us do that. We don't have to do it in our own power. That leads me to what I'm calling key theme number one. I didn't have room to put this in your bulletin, but uh, the Holy Spirit is called alongside us. That's, remember, the name Counselor. And he comes to live in us to help us live the lives God wants us to live. The power of God inside of us, taking up residence in us to direct us and empower us into what God has for us. Powerful stuff. Move on to our next passage. John 14, 26. Jesus said, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So in this verse, we learn two specific things about what the Holy Spirit does inside of us. He teaches all things and he reminds of what Jesus has said. Now, many theologians are quick to note that this verse refers to what Jesus would do for that very first group of followers. That, that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that they would remember what Jesus said, that they would then write down what Jesus said and did, and because of that, we have God's word in our hands. We can be very, very thankful that the Holy Spirit fulfilled this prophecy of Jesus by empowering those first believers to remember what Jesus said so that we can have it in our hands. But I would like to suggest that there's more to it than just that. That it's, this is not just a promise for those first believers. This is also a promise for us. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not suggesting that we should go out and write scripture right now, just whatever we want to and call it No, that's not what I'm saying. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is still actively at work fulfilling this prophecy that he teaches us still and reminds us still of what Jesus says to us. Now, this can happen in... Uh, basically an infinite number of of different ways as we go throughout our lives. Um, Think of it this way. Whatever we go through in life, let's say that some temptation comes our way. We're, We're just living our life as usual, and all of a sudden we're met with a temptation, and then the Holy Spirit reminds us specifically how to address that temptation. Maybe the Holy Spirit puts a specific Bible verse in your mind that specifically addresses this temptation that has come across your path and tells you how you are to either stand firm in it or to flee from it. I believe that the Holy Spirit does that kind of a thing on a regular basis in our daily lives if we would just listen. You see, the power of Scripture isn't just powerful for when we have our Bibles open and we're reading it. The Holy Spirit can bring that Scripture to our remembrance throughout our day. And we would do ourselves well to listen to what he says because he will continue to teach us and remind us of what Jesus has said. Okay, before we go on to our next Holy Spirit passage, which comes at the very end of John 15, I want to take a little pause and address John 15, 1 through 17. It's a beloved passage from the lips of Jesus. Many a pastor loves to go to this. Many of us, I am sure, have found great comfort in what Jesus said here. Remember, this is the one where Jesus said that he is the vine and that we are the branches and that we are to remain in him. That word remain is a key word. Your translation might say abide. They're they're both good words. It means to, to dwell with, to live with, to stay with. And and that word keeps getting repeated throughout these 17 verses. Let me read for you one of them, John 15, 4. Jesus said, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So we are called throughout this chapter to remain with Jesus. Now I want to show show you something that's pretty cool, something you might not pick up on just by reading an English translation. 
That word remain, which is so important in this chapter, is the same word for what it says in John 14, 17, where it says that the Holy Spirit lives with us. So isn't this cool? We are to remain in Jesus, and the way that we do that is in the power of the Holy Spirit who remains, who lives in us. So what I'd like to show you about John 15, 1 through 17, is that even though the Holy Spirit is not directly mentioned here, the Holy Spirit will absolutely empower us to live out what is said there. And that's true for any scripture that we would read. So again, this is, to me, this is powerful stuff that we're talking about here. The presence of God in us to help us do exactly what God wants us to do, including to remain in Jesus. Okay, let's move on our third Holy Spirit passage, John 15, 26-27. When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Now in the context of these verses, we see that Jesus was persecuted for the message that he brought into this world, and Jesus warned his followers that they too would be persecuted if they brought the message of Jesus to this world. Now, we might think one simple way to get out of that would just be not to proclaim the message of Jesus, but you might not be too surprised to learn that that's not where Jesus goes with this. You see, Jesus said that when the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, was to come, he would testify about Jesus. And to testify simply means to bear witness, to to tell or to report what somebody has seen or has heard. So the Holy Spirit is actively doing that in the world. And, And just a quick side note here. When Jesus spoke these words to his disciples, the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. We're at, the, at the, the night before Jesus was crucified, and then just shortly later, a few weeks later, is when we get to Pentecost, and that's when the Holy Spirit came on the disciples. So Jesus was telling the disciples here that when the Holy Spirit would come, that the Holy Spirit would testify. And this is amazing. That what the Holy Spirit is at work right now doing in the world is working on the hearts of people to help them see their need for Jesus. He is doing stuff. The Holy Spirit is doing stuff. And by the way, I call him a he because the Bible often uses those pronouns for him. That the Holy Spirit is actively doing a work in the world right now to help people know their need for Jesus. But then look at what Jesus said in verse 27 to his followers. You also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. It's pretty neat to see how that's played out in Acts 4.20 that um, the, the followers of Jesus... Um, this is after the Holy Spirit was given to them. It says in Acts 4.20, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Let me say this. Those who know Jesus should testify about him. We should tell others about Jesus. And that isn't just for these first followers of Jesus 2,000 years ago. It's also for us. For all of us who know Jesus, we should testify to the truth of who Jesus is in this world. The Holy Spirit is doing that, and our job is to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's move on to our next passage, John 16, 7-11. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. We're starting to see why it's good, right? Unless I go away, the Counselor will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment because the Prince of this world now stands condemned. Now, when the Apostle John, who wrote this Gospel, uses the word world, He's usually talking about the wicked, rebellious people of this world who who don't believe in God yet. 
Now, is there another verse that anybody could think of off the top of your head where we learn in the Gospel of John how God feels about the world? Anybody think of one? For God so loved the world. So, now, these verses here in John 16, they might look harsh. Oh, the Holy Spirit is here to convict them? What, to like rub their noses? No, remember, for God so loved the world. What the Holy Spirit is doing here is really a loving thing. The Holy Spirit is at work on the people of the world to convict them. And that word convict, it can mean convince or to expose the truth of. It's used in another place in the Bible in regard to somebody's sin. The idea is you show them their sin so that they'll turn away from it. So the Holy Spirit is doing a loving thing here to tell the people of the world that there's something wrong specifically in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Real quickly, in regard to sin, it's that we've all sinned. Every single one of us has sinned against God. The Holy Spirit helps us know that. And I was thinking about this. Do you know how, um, I was going to say, you know how quick other people are, but we do it too. You know how quick we are sometimes to point out what somebody else has done wrong? Do you know why we do that? It's because we have been convicted so many times in our lives of what we're doing wrong, and we don't like how it feels, so we turn that into a weapon and we try to point it at other people. So anytime you see somebody like attacking somebody else for what they've done wrong, think about this. We all know that we've all done stuff wrong. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's pointing out our sin. And then in regard to righteousness, on our own we are not righteous. Jesus is the only one who lived a perfect, righteous life. So the Holy Spirit is convincing us that we're not righteous on our own. And then in regard to judgment, the Holy Spirit is, is working on people to let them know that there is a judgment day that will come. And, and let me just recap all of this. In regard to judgment, we would be on the wrong side of it because we were all at one time unrighteous sinners. But through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can be cleansed of our sin. We can actually be clothed with the righteousness of Christ and then we can have eternal life with God instead of eternal judgment. So the Holy Spirit is at work in the world to help people see their need for all of that. Now, one, thing, one way that I like to understand this section and the next section that we're going to look at is in this section, we see that the Holy Spirit is working on unbelievers. That's, uh, I kind of came up with that word, on. Isn't it brilliant? I'm so brilliant, aren't I? I can't. The Holy Spirit works on unbelievers to help them see their need. But as we go to the next section, we'll see that the Holy Spirit works in believers. Uh, in John 14, it talks about how the Holy Spirit will live with us and be in us. So the Holy Spirit also works in believers and that's where we're going with our next section right now. John 16, 12 through 15. Jesus said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. So think about that. Jesus wanted to tell them more, but until the Holy Spirit would come, they wouldn't be able to understand it or to bear it. He says then, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So in verse 13, we see that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to guide into all truth. He will take what he hears and make it known to the followers of God. He will report it. He will announce it to us. And then in verses 14 and 15, we see that the Holy Spirit will take from what belongs to Jesus, which includes all that belongs to the Father, and again, he will make that known to the followers of Jesus. He will report it. He will announce it to us. And all this, as it says in verse 14, is to bring glory to Jesus. Now, three years ago, 
I led our adult Sunday school class, we, we looked at almost every single scripture. I, I looked at every single scripture as I was preparing it, and in our class we maybe looked at about 80% of scripture from, the, from Genesis to Revelation, looking at the, the work of the Holy Spirit. And in that, that study that year, I came up with this passage as what I think is the key passage for understanding the work of the Holy Spirit in our world. And I, I want to put up what I'm calling key theme number two here today. The Holy Spirit is at work to bring glory to Jesus by taking what belongs to Jesus and what belongs to the Father and making it known to us. So I'm going to leave that up there for a little bit. I just want to, I want to explain a few things. Um, we see a beautiful picture of the Trinity here. We believe in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, yet they are so united that they can be called one God. Now, in many ways, it's a mystery to us. But in, in some ways, it's actually not that big of a mystery. Because I, I want you to understand that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are so perfectly united in all that they do that they're not ashamed to share the name. They, they share the name Lord. They share the name God. That, that's what we believe about the Trinity. And because they are so united, they have the same goal. And one of the goals that they share is that God is worthy of glory. So what we see here in, in those verses that I just read is that the Holy Spirit is at work to bring glory to Jesus. Just as Jesus, was, his job was to bring glory to the Father, so now the Holy Spirit is, is taking what belongs to the Father and the Son and making them known to us for the purpose of giving God glory. So think about that. This is another one of those things that I would say is astonishing. Think of the things that God knows. Think of the things that God wants you to know. And now please understand that the Holy Spirit who lives in us is at work to reveal those things to us. That's what he's doing. Let's look at those verses again. Uh, verse 14, Jesus said, He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. God wants us to know these things, so he gives us the Holy Spirit that we would understand them. That we would not just understand them even, but that we would also live according to them. So what I want to do now is I want to move into a time in this sermon where we, we get specific. I want to talk about application. I, I, I hesitate to use the word conclusion because it's not like just like two minutes. It's more like, I have more like eight minutes left. Okay, can you bear with? I think that this stuff is really important. In fact, let me say it this way. For the first uh, 26 minutes of what I've been saying, I've been telling you what is true about what's in God's Word about the Holy Spirit. That's part of my job as Bible teacher, to help you see what is true about God's Word. But I have another job. I have to help you know what to do with it as well. It's like, if we go back to the magic genie lamp, if somebody just were to give you a magic genie lamp, you might say, oh, that's a nice lamp, and, and you put it up on a shelf somewhere and never realize what it is. Now, again, I don't believe in magic genie lamps, but what we've done here so far is we've looked at the, the truth of who the Holy Spirit is. And I, wanna, I want us all to think now about what is this going to mean for my life? How am I going to live according to these truths that we have talked about? So here's my big idea for today. The Holy Spirit wants us and the world to know Jesus. So in regard to us, for those of us who already know Jesus, the Holy Spirit is at work in us to help us know him more. And then as we think about the world, remember I said that the Holy Spirit works on the people of the world to help them see their need for Jesus. So the Holy Spirit wants us and the world to know Jesus. Now, um, I want to recap 
along these lines, the, the five passages that we looked at. I'm going to put each of the five passages back up on the screen again, one by one, and I'm going to underline one key word or phrase. You can, you can do this along with me in your bulletin uh, if you want to. I know some of you also like to underline in your Bibles. Um, that's between you and the Lord if you want to do that. So um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I just, for those of you who know, I don't always like to write in my Bible because I like... I don't always like to hear what I have to say about God's Word. I like to hear what God's Word says. But if you're the person who writes in your Bible, maybe you want to underline these things. Go right ahead. I'm not going to judge you for that. Okay. I probably shouldn't have even said it. So, <laughs> John 14, 15 through 17. The key phrase here is with you. And again, this one is just so amazing to me. God does not want us to go through this life on our own, in our own power. He is with us. The Holy Spirit lives in us to help us follow Jesus the way that we're supposed to. Second passage, John 14, 26. The the word there is teach. There are so many things that God wants us to know. The Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us of what God has said to us. Without the Holy Spirit's help, that would be an unbearable task to try to know all that God wants us to know. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. Third passage, John 15, 26-27, the key word is testify. The Holy Spirit, for the last 2,000 years or so, has been at work in this world testifying to the truth of who Jesus is. For those of us who know Jesus, we should join with the Spirit. One of the key verses in the Bible and the Holy Spirit, uh, one of the key commands is that we are to keep in step with the Spirit. And I get this picture of He's leading, He's marching onward, and we are to march with Him. So if the Holy Spirit is testifying about Jesus, what should we be doing? We should testify about Jesus as well. Number four, John 16, 7 through 11, the key phrase I picked out there is convict the world. And again, that means to convince the world uh, of their sin and of their need for Jesus. The Holy Spirit is helping the people of the world see their need for Jesus. Then John 16, 12 through 15, the key phrase I picked out there is guide you into all truth. Remember, this is the one where we see that that Jesus takes, or excuse me, the Holy Spirit takes from what belongs to Jesus and what belongs to the Father and makes it known to us. He guides us into that truth. So uh, there again are some of the truths and now what we want to do is we want to get into that application time. What do we do with this? Practically speaking, um, with the idea, the big idea here, the Holy Spirit wants us and the world to know Jesus. What should we do with it? Two applications. Number one, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we should live according to God's word. So much of what we have seen today about what the Holy Spirit is doing is taking the truth of God and making it known to us. The Holy Spirit helps us obey. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things and reminds us of what Jesus said to us. And the Holy Spirit takes what belongs to Jesus and what belongs to the Father and makes it known to us. So if we want to follow Jesus, again, we keep in step with what the Holy Spirit is doing. And what the Holy Spirit is doing is helping us see the truth of God's word. How do we know what, what God has revealed to us? How do we know what the Holy Spirit wants to show to us? Well, it's in our Bibles. It, it is our Bibles, we could say. It's God's Word. So we should be people who know and live according to God's Word. And, and theologians have a word here for what the Holy Spirit helps us do in this process. It's the word illumination. The, the Holy Spirit shines light onto God's Word to help us see it. On our own, we would not be able to understand or apply God's word the way that we should, but God gives us the Holy Spirit so that we can live according to his word and apply it. So we should be actively getting to know 
and actively applying God's word. And, and let, me, let me say it this way. Uh, just last night, I was, I was reading John 14 through 16. I was trying to do my homework ahead of time like a good brown noser would. So um, I guess I can give myself brownie points for that. Um, do we have brownies at home? I, okay. Um, that's not what I was doing last night. What was I doing last night? I was reading scripture, and I was looking at in four, John 14:27, where Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. And just stop to think. Is there any way that I have been letting my heart be troubled lately? God's word says here, do not let your hearts be troubled. So what, what, what's happening here is I'm reading God's word and the Holy Spirit is pointing out something about God's word that I need to stop and think about. I need to stop and think about what the truth is here and the truth is that we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be troubled because God is sovereign. He takes care of everything. But then also, I need to stop and think about my life. Is there any, anything about my life in which I have been letting my heart be troubled? And then from there, I need to apply what this verse says and not let my heart be troubled. Jesus is telling us something not to do here. We do not need to let our hearts be troubled. Now, you could think about this with any command in Scripture. You could think about this with anything that God wants to teach you. You could think about this in regard to anything in your life that you are struggling with. So is there anything in your life that's not going the way that you want it to go right now? Well, what does God say about it? Have you, in the power of the Holy Spirit, been talking to God about it? Have you been seeking God's word? Have you been looking for those sections of scripture in which he would tell you what he wants you to do? So think about that. Whether it's something in your job that's not going the way that you want it to, whether it's a relationship that you're really struggling with, whether it's a sin that you just can't seem to get past, whatever it would be, I want you to, to pray and to read God's word and to listen to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will lead you into what is good and right. We, we might feel like that would be an unattainable goal. We might feel like all my life I've struggled with this thing. How in the world could I ever get past this? Well, guess what? In the power of the Holy Spirit, you can. We, all, all that's happened, if your whole life you've struggled with the same thing, all you've proven is that you don't have the power to handle it on your own. Is, is that any big surprise to us? Why would we then look at that thing that we've struggled with all our life and assume that we, we can't get past it? Just because we can't get past it in our, on our own power doesn't mean we can't get past it. God will help us in the power of the Holy Spirit. He will show us through his word. That's why I, I so encourage you to get to know God's word. Read it daily. Put yourself around other people who are studying it. Get involved in places where you will hear God's word taught rightly. But don't just do those things. As you're doing those things, listen to the way that the Holy Spirit is leading you and see what he illuminates in your life. And then trust that God will lead you in the way that he wants you to go. He will, he will direct and empower you into the life that he wants you to live. He will do that through his word. He will do that through the illumination of scripture. That's the first one. And then the second one. In the power of the Holy Spirit, we should testify about Jesus. Now, these two application points together remind me of our mission statement. We, our mission statement is that we have a passion to know Christ. That's kind of like living according to God's word, knowing what he wants us to do, loving him, following him. And then the second part of our mission statement is that we are commissioned to make him known, to make Jesus known. So the Holy Spirit, like I said before, is already at work in this world testifying about Jesus. We should join with him. If we're going to keep in step with the Spirit, we should do what the Spirit does. Now, three weeks ago, I challenged you in a sermon that I gave. I gave a specific challenge that we would all seek 
to share the gospel with the lost people. And, and one of the ways I encourage you to do that was to invite somebody out to lunch. It doesn't have to be lunch. It can be whatever you want it to be. But I, I want us all to think about if there's somebody in our life that, that we could invite into a conversation and maybe we buy their food to, to twist their arm, arm to listen to us, but maybe we, we enter into that with the hope of sharing the gospel with them. So is there anybody in your life right now who may not know Jesus yet and we're not judging them, we're, we're loving them like the Holy Spirit loves them and is at work convicting them and we are seeking to gain a hearing in their lives to share the gospel with them. So that was about three weeks ago that I gave you that challenge to do that. I said I wanted you to do it sometime in the next month so we're running short on that time now. So I want to I give you that challenge again. Or In our adult Sunday school class this morning, Dan Schindler challenged us for the month of October to be praying for those open doors, that, that maybe in the month of October God will be doing something to draw lost people to himself and that we can be a part of that. And I know it's scary. We might even get persecuted for it, like Jesus said. But the Holy Spirit is at work testifying about Jesus, and if we want to follow the Holy Spirit, we should then be doing what he leads us to do. So let's testify in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then finally here, I just want to remind you of what I said in key theme number one today. The Holy Spirit is called alongside us. He's our counselor, our comforter. And he comes to live in us. That's the blessing of God with us. It's a, that's, I'll say it again. Astonishing that God lives in us. And the reason that God wants to do that is because, well, first of all, he wants to be with us. But then second of all, because God wants to help us live the lives that he wants us to live. God does not just call us to a a perfect life and then leave us on our own. He calls us to, to live lives of holiness, but then he gives us the Holy Spirit to direct us and empower us into those kinds of lives. So, again, I feel what I've done today is better than giving you a magic genie lamp. And, and, I also am 100% convinced that the power of this will not be in what I have to say. It's in what God says to you. So you now, I want to challenge you to take this, these truths of the Holy Spirit and see how God would have you apply them in your lives. I gave you that challenge to read John 14 through 16. Maybe you would go and do that today and just think about what is it in here that God wants me to do. Maybe you look at that passage in John 15 where Jesus commands us to remain in him and you talk to God about what it means for you to remain in him. I don't know, actually. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I am convinced, though, that the Holy Spirit can lead you in this. He will lead you into what God has for you. Will you listen? Will you follow? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have not left us as orphans. We thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, that we might be forgiven, that we can have eternal life, that we can have a relationship with you now and forever. And we thank you that in that relationship that we have with you, that you also give us the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that we would all be filled with the Spirit, that we would keep in step with the Spirit, that whatever you have for us, we trust that you will lead us well. We know that you lead so well, God. Help us to trust in that. Help us to keep listening to what you have to say to us. Help us to listen to your word, to know it, to apply it the way that you want us to. Holy Spirit, we give you the, the, the right to speak to us. God, would you please help us to listen in the power of the Spirit to what you have to say to us. And God, we also pray that you would help us to testify about Jesus. Would you please open those doors that we could share this wonderful news with others. We pray that they would come to know Jesus. We pray that they would grow in their faith.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.